I'll probably, I just moved that. Is I going to mess up with the camera or online or like something like that? Okay, cool. Um, my, so my name is Casey. Man, Scott got up here and was like, I'm Scott. And you're like, yeah, Scott. Scott, right? Did I mess that up? Okay, awesome. Okay. Hey, I want to show you a family picture real quick so you can get to know me a little bit. Uh, this is my crew. So, um, this is my beautiful wife, Amy. We've been uh, married for almost 17 years. She likes to read novels and eat really good food. Uh, my daughter is 14. She likes to dance. And um, she actually just started her very first real job like three weeks ago. And so like she's bringing home the bank, helping us pay the bills is really, really helpful. Uh, this is Solo. He's our oldest. Uh, he's 11. And he wants to be the first Ethiopian uh, ado- or, uh, not adopted, adopted into the NBA. So drafted in the NBA. Uh, this is Jude over here with the hat. He loves sports and he, uh, and animals. And then of course, Sparrow, he's our, uh, he's our six year old and he, he likes dinosaurs right now. And he loves motorcycles all the time. Okay. So that's our crew. We just moved here about 11 months ago. We landed into Mecula Valley in June, 2021, and it has been a a whirlwind. You'll hear a little bit more of our story. Um, but I know that you came because you want to experience God. I know that you came because you want to hear from God tonight. You don't want to hear from a man. And so I want to pray, invite God to have this place, have this space and to give him this whole time. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. And we, we just give you this whole space. We give you this whole room, not just a part of it. We're not just making room for you. We're giving you the whole room. And so God, we're asking that you would come with power, with wisdom, that you would speak tonight, that you would take the written word and that you would make it alive in our life. You would use it to shape us and mold us and make us more like Jesus Christ. In Jesus name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Okay. So I'm totally stereotyping right now, but there are two types of people in this room. Okay. Uh, there are rule followers. Okay. And there are troublemakers. Okay. Let's hear it for the rule followers. Where are you rule followers? Yep. That's about as loud as I expected. How many of you are troublemakers? Yeah. See, uh, here, here's the thing, uh, rule, like troublemakers, they're always pushing the boundaries and whether or not they use these words, they love this phrase. It's better to ask for forgiveness than permission, right? Chances are, if you are a rule follower, you married a rule breaker. If you're a rule breaker, you married a rule follower. Chances are it, your best friend is, is either the rule follower or the rule breaker. And you're just the opposite, right? I'm the rule breaker in my family. I love breaking rules. It's just more fun. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just more fun. Okay. And so tonight, what, what I want to do is I don't, I don't necessarily want to champion that kind of, of troublemaking, right? Uh, the, like, as you read through the Bible, like troublemaking is, there's like a word for it. Sin, right? It's sin. But there is a kind of troublemaking that the Bible does celebrate. And I want to talk about uh, this kind of troublemaking, okay? Uh, The kind of troublemaking that we want to celebrate tonight is the kind where we rebel against the norms and the values of our culture uh, to advance the kingdom of God, right? The, the kind of trouble we want to do is we want to catch the world's attention and cause transformation in people's lives, 
right? The kind of trouble we want is where people who are crippling in anxiety experience the luxury of peace. The kind of trouble we want to create in our world is where those who are sick experience authentic healing. The kind of trouble that we want to create in our valley is the kind where spiritually dead people are invited to experience spiritual life, okay? And so if you're here and you're taking notes, I'm kind of a big notes guy. I like to fill in the blanks. I don't know if this one is in your notes, but you're going to write it down. It's how we defined causing trouble, and it's, and it's this. Partnering with God, partnering with God to advance the mission of Jesus in our world. That's what we mean tonight when, when we say, hey, we're going to cause some trouble. In fact, the name, the, the title of my sermon uh, tonight is Let's Cause Trouble. Let's Cause Trouble. Okay. Everybody say, turn to a neighbor and say, hey, let's cause some trouble. All right. Turn to, turn to your other neighbor and say, hey, let's cause some trouble tonight. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. The church in America, now on the whole, okay? The church in America on the whole isn't causing all that much Jesus-y trouble, right? We're making some trouble. We're making some trouble. But if the kind of trouble we're making isn't isn't actually resulting in the good news being preached to the poor or the prisoner set free, or the sick authentically made well, then, then we need to rethink the kind of trouble that we're making in, in our world. Okay, so we're going to be in Acts chapter 17. In fact, we're going to start in the last verse in chapter 16. But uh, in this part of the story, there's a group of followers of Jesus that are causing a whole lot of trouble. And, and it's actually making one group in particular really, really angry. Okay, And I think that we can learn some things here because what, what kind of trouble they're making is they're making an eternal difference. They're making an eternal difference. And I think if we follow their example that you and I could make some, you know, cause some trouble in our communities. I think we could cause some trouble in, in the Temecula Valley. I think we could cause some trouble in our world. Okay. And so uh, Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 40. Uh, and if you were here last week, you, you saw that uh, you heard, uh, you heard Steve preach a great message uh, called let's fight. Okay. So I thought, Hey, let's, let's continue with the theme of beating each other up. Okay. Here we go. Verse 16, or sorry, chapter 16, verse 40. After Paul and Silas came out of prison, they went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and sisters uh, and encouraged them. Okay, the, the uh, brothers and sisters, it's not, not speaking about a, a blood uh, family, but a kind of family that's formed because we share the same faith. Okay, so uh, they, then they left. Everybody say they left. They left. When Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went to the synagogue and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, Paul said. Okay. Now, if we're going to cause some trouble in our valley, in our community, then, then some of us need to go, okay? Some of us need to get, some of us need, need to go. Here's how we wrote it in your notes. Some people go, some people go. And I'm not talking about like, hey, those guys got to go, right? Like, let's go, let's get the ushers in here. Let's kick them out. Like, that's not the kind of go I'm talking about. Now, going is a strong theme that, that's, 
stretched all the way throughout the scriptures from from, from, uh, Genesis all the way to Revelation, okay? And oftentimes when someone is invited to go, it's 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 either an individual or a group of people invited to go and make a kingdom difference that allows brand new people to experience the goodness of God in their lives, okay? So if you think about it, Abraham, he leaves his homeland to go to a place that God would show him later. And Abraham would become the father of our faith. You think about Ruth. She would leave her home and her family to follow Naomi, to go with Naomi. And and who would Ruth become? She would become the grandmother of David, whose line would ultimately lead to Jesus Christ, Messiah. You think about Jesus, right? After his resurrection, what did he tell his disciples? He says, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's because of their faithfulness and countless other faithful followers of Jesus that you and I, we get to experience Jesus today. We get to follow him. We get to, we get to receive his grace in our life today. Now, if we're going to cause some trouble, some people got to go, right? Some people got to go. Okay. Um, Amy and I, Amy and I, uh, we, we, we were invited by God to go from Vancouver, Washington to Temecula, California to start a brand new church. Right. And guess what? God may ask some of you to go, right? Going isn't just for the varsity team. Going isn't for some, you know, elusive spiritual maturity person. Going is simply an invitation from God. And some of you, some of you are actually called to go on a mission trip or or to go and become a a full-time vocational missionary in some other part of the world. Some of you, some of you are called to go and launch a brand new kingdom-minded business. Some of you are called... To go and start something new. Some people go. If we're going to cause some trouble, then some of us need to go. Verse 4. Verse 4. I, I want to say this. Uh, as I was praying for this message, I sensed that there were some folks in this room. And God has already been speaking to you about going And you've been dragging your feet for a season of time. And you're at that place where you're saying to yourself, it's too late. But I'm here to tell you, it's not too late. It's time for you to go. It's time for you to go. Verse 4. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women Uh, Paul and Silas, they go to start some new churches. And then what happens is some people, they actually join them to serve as a part of their church planting team. Uh, Some people go and some people join. If you're taking notes, some people join. Uh, This word here means to connect oneself or myself to some other person. It also can mean to become a part of something 
brand new. And so the assumption here is that some people uh, that Paul and Silas are preaching to, not only do they believe, but they actually take it a step further and join their church planting efforts to move with them and go with them to share the good news of Jesus Christ with people who are disconnected from God. Some people are supposed to go and, and, and be point leaders to initiate brand new kingdom advancing visions. But other people are actually called and invited to join those efforts. I would suggest that some of you are actually called to join the ranks of becoming a foster parent or an adoptive parent. Right? Some of you, some of you, there's this justice ministry. There's a ministry beyond the walls of the church that's advancing the kingdom of God. And you're actually called to join them. You're, you're called to join them. Some of you, you've been taking a break in serving in ministry. And, and, and it's actually time for you to jump back in and, and join a ministry team right here at Cross Point Church. I, I would suggest to you, some of you are, are supposed to join with our church planting efforts at the Refinery Church. But that's, that's for God to lead and invite and speak, right? Some people go, some people join. Verse 5, but other Jews, they were jealous. Everybody say jealous. Man, they were jealous. So they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace. They formed a mob and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out of the crowd. Some people get jealous. Right. Have you ever noticed when there's a move of God and you're not necessarily a part of that movement that you kind of you kind of feel a little bit jealous, like I'm missing out. Right. I'm missing out. We read this and we're like, oh, those Jew, those jealous Jews, they're fools. And and maybe they are. But but back up a, a bit with me. The, these guys are losing influence. They're losing power. And they're experiencing real pain. And the way their pain is manifesting in their lives is through jealousy. That can happen to anybody. It can happen to you. It can happen to me. Have you ever, have you ever um, been up for a promotion, but someone else got that promotion? How did it make you feel? Right? Have you ever been a part of a church that made a decision that you just didn't agree with? Right? I'm sure you responded with perfect patience and kindness, didn't you? Right. A few years ago, I was at a church and uh, our church was growing slowly. Right. Our church was growing slowly. But there was another church on the other side of town and they were exploding like just great. That was crazy. And so I just remember that season of time. There was like a group of, you know, uh, church leaders and, you know, committed Christians, myself included, were like, Got a little jealous. And we're like, you know what? They're probably watering down the gospel. <laughs> you ever heard that before? You ever felt like you get what I'm saying, right? Sometimes when there's a move of God, right? Sometimes when there's a, a specific move of God and we're not a part of it, we get a little bit, we get a little bit jealous, right? It's easy to take the disappointment and the pain that we can experience when we're, you know, feel like we're missing out and turn it into anger and, you know, hey, you know about those guys? Start spreading rumors and forming mobs and starting, you know, office riots. So some people go, 
Some people join and some people, they, they get jealous. Verse six, but when, but when they did not find them, they dragged Jason, some other believers before the city officials shouting, these men have caused trouble all over the world. And now they've come here and Jason has welcomed them into his house. They all, they're all defying Caesar's decree saying there's another King, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. And then they made Jason and the others post bond and let them go. Some people welcome, right? Some people, they're like, oh, there's a move of God. I want, I want to be a part of that. So I'm going to welcome what's going on. Welcome what's going on. I, I got to tell you, do we have those screenshots of those text messages that we, that I, I'm, okay. I, I got to tell you. One of the most welcoming people. Yeah, I'll get to it. You can leave it up. One of the most welcoming persons that my wife and I have experienced here in Temecula is a guy by the name of Pastor Steve Redden. Like literally before, like before we moved to Temecula, we're on Zoom, we're on Zoom calls with Steve and he's telling us, giving us insight about what it's like to plant a church in Temecula. In April uh, 2021, before we had even moved here, we came down to kind of visit. We brought some friends and we're doing some house shopping, which was terrible at that time, by the way. Uh, Steve took us out to sushi. And he, he shared, you know, kind of the nuances of the kind of people and the culture that made up the Temecula Valley. In fact, uh, our team, okay, our small church planting team, what we call the launch team, we, we did a pop-up service on Easter about a month ago. And we just invited uh, our neighborhood to join us on Easter at 10 a.m. In, in a park in, in the middle of our neighborhood. And, uh, and, and, of course, Steve knew about this. And I got a text message on Sunday morning, Easter morning at 6.53. And my guess is that Steve Redden had some things on his plate. I mean, he might have been preaching, you know, might have been. You get the point. Here's what that text. Uh, do we have the other one? Yeah, uh, 653, uh, right here at the top. He said, thinking about you guys this morning, I hope it goes fantastic. What a great idea for Easter, a pop-up, rise-up Easter party in the park. This is your pastor thinking about some small church planning team doing a party in the park at 653 in the morning on Easter morning. This is the welcome of God that I think the spirit of God lights on fire when the church functions with this kind of unity and relationship. Some go, some join, some get jealous, some people welcome. And then your next blank is this. Some people send, some people send. Uh, Verse 10, as soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue, of course, because that's what his custom was. So sending is this is both a a moment of celebration, but also a commitment for long term support. Okay, and support can come in many ways. It can come in with prayer support. It might be financial support. Um, it might be networking and, and leveraging your relationship so that other thing can be successful. It, it also is a commitment to continued relationship. 
In fact, tonight, you guys are going to have the opportunity to send two Crosspoint members to, who have followed the voice of God to join our small church planting team. Tonight's the moment of celebration where um, uh, two people are going to come up on stage and we're going to pray for them and, and, and commission them. And that's the moment of the sending. But, but these two individuals, as they follow the Lord into their next season of life and ministry, they're going to need your long-term support and encouragement, right? It's, this is a, an amazing opportunity. I love this uh, Romans chapter 10. I don't know if it's in your, in your notes or on the screen, but I'll read it for you. I, I love this. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But who can, who can they call? Who, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? They're talking about Jesus. And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Here's the kicker. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Right? Sending can be both hard and good. Right? It could be painful to lose two people that you love. But we need to remember, right? This is an exciting moment where individuals are following the leadership voice of God in their life. Okay? Some people go. Some people join. Some people get jealous. Some people welcome. Some people send. Verse 11. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. And as a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. Uh, your next blank is some people believe, right? Some, some people believe. Like if we're going to cause some trouble, some people, some people believe. Now, maybe you're here tonight um, and you're, you're just exploring faith. You're like, you're like, man, I'm just coming to ask some questions. I'm spiritually curious. And the guy up front is telling me I need to get up, sell everything and move to the other side of the world to become a missionary for the rest of my life. Listen, that's maybe later. Okay. But if you're here and you're asking spiritual questions and you're exploring the claims of the Bible and Jesus Christ, here's what I want to encourage you with. Here's what you need to know tonight. First and foremost, you were created, as the Bible teaches, you were created to have a relationship with Jesus. But everyone has this thing in their life called sin, and sin is anything that you've ever done or ever thought about that you would never want your mom to know about, okay? Okay? There's nothing we can do to remove sin from our life. The problem with sin is it, it, it causes a disconnect. Between us and God. But God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, God in human flesh, into human history to, to live the life that we could not live and die the death that you and I deserve. And he came back to life on the third day. Sorry, I lost my, my uh, whatever this is. Microphone. And the Bible says that everyone who believes in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, gets to experience eternal life. And eternal life both begins now and it lasts forever. 
And if you want to take the step to believe in Jesus, you can do that tonight by simply saying, God, I don't know everything. But I feel that you're speaking to me and inviting me into a relationship with you. So help me follow you for the rest of my life. The guys here at Crosspoint have added some lines and some things on on the connection card. And you can just let them know, hey, I want to follow Jesus. And they'll help you begin to grow in your brand new relationship with him. Some people, some people believe. Some people believe. Verse 13. But when the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God in Berea, some of them went there too, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. The believers immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. Everybody say stayed. You know, some people go, some people join, but most people, guess what they do? They stay. And it's not bad. And you're not missing what God's doing in your life. God's not just passionate about the new work. God's really passionate with the faithfulness of those who are a part of the established work. In a few moments, what we're going to do is we're going to simply ask God to speak to us. We're going to ask him, okay, Lord, what do you have for me in the next season of my life? And for some of you, it's stay, stay. Here's what I want to encourage you. If you're supposed to stay one, I'm going to encourage you to increase your commitment to serving, increase your commitment to serving, right? What does that mean? Well, if you're already serving, sharpen your skills, read a book. Take an extra class, sharpen those leadership skills. If you're not serving right now, talk to somebody, say, Hey, I know that God has given me gifts and talents and passions and a personality. And he wants to use that to help young people grow and old people mentor folks that are younger. God wants to use you. He's gifted you. And he wants to use you to cause some trouble. So increase your commitment to serving. I also want to ask you to increase your commitment to tithing. I'm the guest, so I get to say stuff and then leave and then you email Steve. Some of you are not giving the whole tithe back to God. And so you're living on stolen money. Listen to this passage from Malachi. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. Tithe is one-tenth or 10%. In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse. This is how big of a deal this is. Your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, a.k.a. the church. 
What time do I got to be done here? 45. Okay, good. I have a time for a story. This is going to be good. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room for you to store it. Listen, this isn't in my notes, but I, I feel compelled to share it. Okay. Um, my wife and like I, I came, I, I, I came to know Jesus Christ at 17. Okay. So like my first job was like when I was 18 and I was pulling in like, you know, a large sums of money, 300, 400 bucks a month. Right. And so I, like, I knew that I, like I, at some point somebody was like, Hey, are you tithing? And so as soon as I learned about tithing, I started cutting, you know, checks, 30, 40 bucks. Right. Cause that's 10%. That's 10%. And, um, and so just as, as, as the, as the, the income grew and so did our tithe. And then we, then we started complicating things with things like, uh, sponsoring a child, right? And those are all really, really good things. So we, so then, so, so then we started giving to that, but, um, and then fast forward 16 years, we're still giving 10%. Okay. We're still giving 10%. But I, I come across this passage in the Bible the other day. It, by the way, we're giving 10%, but only about 9% is going to the church. Because, you know, we got Compassion International that there's, you know. And I come across this passage in, in, in the Bible, and it, it's clear that 10% goes to the church. The whole tithe. Whole tithe. So, so I get, I'm like, oh, I, I've... I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for a really long time. I've, I've taught on tithing and it hit me in a brand new way. And, and the Lord says, yep, you're robbing me. And I'm like, shoot, I like money. And he says, yeah, you need to up your tithe. You need to up your giving. You need to tithe to the church. So I was like, all right. So obviously it's another, you know, hundred and whatever dollars. And I got to talk to Amy. So I'm like, hey, I had this experience. Here's what the Lord shared. What do you think? She's like, yep. All right. So we upped our tithing. So then it <laughs> gets even better. I don't, what I'm about to say, I don't, I wouldn't teach this to you. Okay. I just, I'm telling you my experience. So then, then I'm, then I'm like, you know, I'm like feeling proud. Like, yeah, we're really tithing now, you know, plus some, we have tithes and offerings now, you know? Uh, and the Lord said, yeah, but you've been robbing me all year. And I was like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> I knew what he mean. I, so, so I just felt like the Lord was saying, Hey, you got to pay me back. So I was like, well, that's a lot more than, you know, what I just wrote, you know? So, of course, I talked to Amy and she's like, yep, makes sense. So we did it. You know, it's like four months of back tithe, you know. <laughs> I don't I don't necessarily see this in the Bible, by the way. So I'm, I don't think like you got to do some math and be like, wow, 12 months. How many years? Shoot. You know, I, I'm just telling you my experience. And here's 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 my point. My point is. Uh, I'm experiencing personally a level of um, freedom and peace when it comes to money that I have not experienced in a really long time. 
And God wants to do that in your life. Some of you um, are returning the whole tithe. And I love that language, right? Because it acknowledges that God gives us everything. And we're just simply returning the, t- the tithe back to him, right? I love that posture, by the way. And, but, and so, like, you've been returning the whole tithe, but you're comfortable. And you're missing out on those financial miracles that used to happen in your life. And, and, and maybe, maybe as you connect with the Lord in this area, God is saying, hey, I want you to start supporting a missionary. Or, hey, I want, you know what, I want, to, I want you to help fund an adoption. I, I, I don't know. But, I, but I, think, I think God wants to invite you deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper uh, in, into, these, uh, into these things. Okay, so uh, increase your commitment to serving uh, um, and, increase your, and increase your giving. Um, I'm starting to feel a little uncomfortable about this giving conversation. And I, I just want to say, like, I'm not getting paid here. And um, the, the guys at Crosspoint did not ask me to say that. I just felt like the Lord w- wanted me to share those things with you. And then number three, increase your invitation. Increase your invitation. Um, wouldn't it be cool to get to a place in our life uh, where we didn't feel awkward about inviting people to church? Wouldn't it be cool to, to, to create such a habit uh, and such a generosity with our invitations that it was like, it just was normal, right? It, it's just, there are, listen, between 250,000 and 350,000 people in our valley that are disconnected from God and a life-giving church. And many of those people are asking spiritual questions. And many of those people, I would argue, are experiencing the real pandemic of loneliness. And they need you and they need Jesus. Okay. All right. If we're going to cause Jesus trouble in our world, some people, they need to go. Some people, they need to join. Some people need to welcome. Some people need to believe. And some people need to stay. Uh, But nobody can do everything. Nobody can do everything, but everyone can do something, right? And so the question that, um, does the band come on up or, you know, does the band come up? So the band could come on up if they want and play some really cool pad underneath the rest of this if they'd like. Um, But if everybody did something, we could cause some real trouble. We could make a real impact in our community, couldn't we? There's a lot of churches here already. A lot of people who fill these buildings. And if we all did something, then we could make, we could make a real difference. I, I want to I remind you that the ultimate troublemaker was Jesus. And I want to read, I want, you to, I want you to hear from Jesus the summary of his ministry and life that actually led to his arrest and crucifixion. 
Listen to this, Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord. Jesus is in a synagogue. He unrolls it at this scroll to Luke chapter 4. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, and he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He's sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That got him crucified. Living that kind of life, causing that kind of trouble. Can we get back there as the church? Can we, can we recommit ourselves to things like this in our community? Our world needs this right now. Not just from the platforms, but in the driveways. And in the middle of our streets. And at backyard barbecues, they need people like that who are causing trouble. And they're filled with the Spirit of God. And they want to see real transformation and not religion. So let me ask you, what part does God want you to play? Like when we were leave, when we were leaving Vancouver to, to go to Temecula, I felt like every person in our church needed to ask this question. Okay, God, do you want me to go? Do you want me to stay? Or do you have something new? And I think right now we have a moment. All right, God, what part do you want me to play in this next season of my life? All right, do you want me to go? Is there somewhere Something that you want me to go and do? Do you want me to join? Do you want me to welcome? Do you want me to send? Do you want me to believe? Do you want me to stay? These are beautiful invitations. Each and every one. None of them is better than the other. The only one that's best is the one that God is inviting you to. You want to come up, Beth? Um, I, want to, I just want to invite you up here and... Um, Here's what I want to do. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to ask this question. Okay, God, what part do you want me to play? What part do you want me to play? And it's just going to be quiet for about 30 seconds. And I want you to engage with God, connect with him, invite his leadership voice to speak to you. And in a moment, Beth, here, I would love for you just to pray for your church. All right, let's let, let's let it be quiet. The band will play 30 seconds. God, what part do you want me to play?